there is responsibility to be had on every side. Yeah. And I agree. what we can do to truly start healing our dynamics with each other, especially between men and women as it relates to sex, mm-hmm. is to be responsible for our own wounds. Mm-hmm. So not only do we have our conditioning that mm-hmm. we receive as soon as our sex hormones come online, but most of us in some way hire sex in our sexuality to keep us from those wounds, to mm. prevent us from feeling those wounds. Welcome to the Words of a Warrior podcast. I'm Candy Wheeler, your host and founder of Warrior Women Retreats, internationally recognized conscious business coach, motivational speaker and author, but most importantly, human. On a journey, just like you are. And together, we'll explore insights, tools, and practices to help you recognize your worth, see your potential, and bet on yourself so you can up-level your life, leadership, and business. Each week, I will bring you profound wisdom, words of encouragement, and real stories of fierce resilience from inspiring creatives, artists, activists, and entrepreneurs. Trade in fear, worry, and self-doubt for deep healing, sacred remembrance, and divine inspiration to follow your excitement and connect with your true purpose. Grab your journal and get ready to take your power back. Welcome back, everyone. I am here with my good friend, Michael McPherson. Michael, how are you? I'm doing really well. Grateful to be here. (laughs) I'm so grateful to have you. So if you guys don't already know who Michael is, like, let me just start out by saying he's my soul brother and you have got to get to know this guy because he's an expert in so many amazing things. One of them being sacred sexuality for men, restoring the heart and humanity And you also have this amazing community that you've been a part of and co-creating with your partner, Mackenzie, who you guys already probably know. She's my soul sister. And that's originally how Michael and I actually met. And you, you two have created this beautiful community called Kapu, which is an app that people can be a part of. And it's essentially a soul family in itself. You guys are co-creators of Cacao Drinking Chocolate, which has been a part of Warrior Women Ceremonies for years. And I finally got the opportunity to meet Michael in person in October when I went to Maui to do some inner work, some personal work that needed to be done. And it was just kind of perfect timing in a way, because when I finally got to meet Michael in person, it was just this instant connection. Like we've been here before (laughs) and also just, wow, I'm so happy to know such incredible people and also introduce them to you all. So Michael, if you would, can you just kind of share a little bit about yourself with everyone And I'm really excited to talk about something that you have coming out really, really soon in October, which is your book. And I'm really pumped to read it. And I know everybody after listening to this episode is going to like make sure they put it in their calendars. 
Absolutely. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. And yes, I do remember when I first met you, you came to the sound healing ceremony that we had here at Maui. And I think I singled you out of the group at, at the end of the event. I just kind of like, like zoned in right on you. And we had a, a really great conversation then. And the con conversation kind of hasn't ended ever since. But mm. yeah, me, I'm just a guy, honestly. I mean, it's, it's, it's so simple to put it that way. I'm just a guy who's been on a healing journey. Mm. And everything that I've learned and everything that I talk about is what's been made known to me through my healing journey. So mm -hmm. people say I'm an expert. And sometimes I even say I'm an expert, but I'm in no way your typical expert. I don't have certifications. I don't have specialized training. I don't have degrees in sexuality and sacred sexuality. And I don't even think that's a thing. So <laughs> not too worried about that. But yeah, I'm just someone that's been on a healing journey and I've, I've wanted to give back in a big way what I've received. I always say that the medicine finds the people that need it the most and mm. the medicine in all of its various ways, whether it's plant medicines, whether it's been through divine union, whether it's been through researching and working with other people's work on masculinity, sexuality, that medicine has found me and this all kind of started for me when I started working with the Gene Keys, and if, mm -hmm. if you don't know about the Gene Keys, it's a wonderful resource uh, to getting deeply connected with yourself, your purpose, your mission for being here, your service in the world. But my purpose is in that, uh, in the Gene Keys, my purpose is completely related to sexuality. Mm -hmm. And of course, I knew that in private. But when I discovered that in the Gene Keys, that's when I was like, okay, I need to do something here. Nobody's talking about this. Mm -hmm. And I am the one to do it. That's when it was like, I need to stop waiting for someone else to bring this conversation forward mm -hmm. and just be the person that's going to bring mm -hmm. this conversation forward. Yeah. And that's really been my intention with all of this. I, I don't mean to bring a source of dogma for people to connect them to connect themselves to. Uh, I don't mean to be a guru that people connect themselves to and try to emulate and be like, I really want to be an example of something mm. that people can look to and say like, okay, that does exist. That is real. We can do that. That is possible. Let me discover my own version of that. Mm. So <laughs> my intention has been to initiate a conversation that then continues beyond my personal reach, beyond my personal impact. Yeah. And this is really powerful because this is the most probably uncomfortable conversation there is out there. Like I can't think of a more uncomfortable conversation than sex and also just our programming and conditioning around sex. And one of the things that really sparked this desire to have Michael come speak on the podcast was that one of my favorite artists is actually under so much fire in the media from having so much sexual misconduct all of these stories of women are surfacing around how like he's abused his power and if you guys haven't heard of this like definitely look it up but nako is the person that i'm talking about and he's been someone that i have really um loved his art and i still do love his art and yet you know, this, all of this comes out and I'm just like, whoa. But when, when all of this surfaced, not only was I not surprised, um, but I was also kind of present to something that was happening within society. 
And it wasn't just involving Nako and these stories of these women surviving R. Kelly has recently surfaced. One of the things I observed in all of this is that it, this isn't just a predator victim problem. It's so much more. It runs so deep, this wounding in sex and in the culture. And I love that you even said, like, I'm not necessarily a guru or not. My intention is not even to be a guru. And that's never my intention either. And there, there, there's a reason why behind that, right? Like I'm not better than you or I'm not higher than you on any level. And I think that's one of the problems that our society has is like we revere these people as somebody that's like godlike in a sense. And then so what happens is that we give them power. We give them like power that no wounded person should really be handed. And then at that same time, this like you know, illusion of power is also abused by these people. So I really wanted to dive into this conversation with Michael to really identify the roots of some of these problems. And so I know something that you really dive into in your book, everything you never learned about sex. And I just thought, wow, this is going to be such a powerful conversation is when you first really started exploring sexuality for yourself, it was so shameful that you didn't have anywhere to explore it other than pornography, which mm -hmm. we can talk about. I mean, I would love to dive into the problems of what that causes for both men and women. Absolutely. Yeah. So I can say that the first innocent experience I ever had with my own sex energy and my own sexuality, and I'll address those two things in just a second. The first experience I ever had was very pure very innocent. Yeah. There wasn't any sexual imagery, uh, hypersexualization. There was nothing actually getting projected from my mind onto that experience. It was yeah. very clean, very pure, very alive. I was actually experiencing my sex energy in my body in a very potent and um, beautiful way. Yeah. And I had that experience and I, you know, I thought it was so magical. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. You know, how, how did I not know about this? How did no one ever talk to me about this? Mm -hmm. I had no idea my physical body could feel this much pleasure, receive this much pleasure, be, you know, enlivened by my senses in that way. Mm -hmm. And I was just amazed. I literally had thought I discovered magic, but what was right on the other side of that was fear. Yeah. So I grew up in a Catholic household and no, no one ever had the sex conversation with me. And uh, I was just afraid, honestly. I was afraid to open up and talk about it. I was afraid to bring it forward with my parents, other people that I knew, even my friends. So originally, pornography or the idea of pornography started out as a safe space where I could explore sexuality, where I could explore sex and not have to interact with anyone else, you know, not have to have those vulnerable, insecure conversations. I could just go in and learn. Right. So that was my original intent for even getting involved with pornography in the first place was to learn as much as I could to gain some sense of competence mm -hmm. around my own sexuality, uh, my own sexual experiences, my own body. Mm -hmm. But of course, as soon as you plug into that system, knowing what I know now, you experience a whole world that is very distant from the innocence with which we begin. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, I saw things that a young man should never be exposed to when their mind is so plastic, you know, the, the study of neuroplasticity is so influenced, easily influenced at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was, and, and so I quickly became addicted to my body's physiological response to pornography. And so I kept going back. I kept receiving more programming. And of course, the programming I received is, is all about objectification of mm -hmm. women. It's all about the very physical nature of sexuality. And there's also obviously really extorted expression or distorted expressions of sex in there. You know, you have, I don't want to go too far into that, but you have yeah. the category of teen. You have, you know, stepmothers sleeping with their sons. You have this, these things that are not normal, but they get normalized through media, through pornography. Mm -hmm. So all of that was information, was programming that went into my brain that carved literal neurological pathways in my brain. Mm -hmm. And that really hijacked my experience of my sex energy. So after that point, I never had an experience of my sex energy that didn't involve some kind of sexual projection from my mind that was true for what i saw online but that was also true for what was offline so mm -hmm. when i got offline and went out into the world that same pornographic mindset went with me so now i was projecting sexual imagery onto real women i was projecting my sex energy literally onto real women mm -hmm. i was deciding right away whether or not i would have sex with someone you know these all these judgments and you know just thoughts that weren't even mine to begin with playing out in my real life, which made life incredibly awkward and even more insecure at times because mm -hmm. now I was having sexual responses to what weren't inherently sexual situations, you know, asexual right. situations. And I didn't feel like I was in control of my physiological response anymore, mm -hmm. uh, which I feel is what makes people so scared of the sex conversation. Mm -hmm. is because they've had this happen to them. So they don't know how to uncouple these two things. So just something I want to say really quick, because I feel like it's, it's one of the most important points that people can get when it comes to sexuality is that sex energy and sexuality are two very different things. Mm -hmm. When we're young, we actually experience our sex energy first. Mm -hmm. So our, we go through something like puberty, our sex hormones come online, our body becomes endowed with an energy that it didn't have before. Mm -hmm. But before there's sexuality or sexual expression or sexual image attached to that, it's actually very pure. It's mm -hmm. just an energy. We call it sex energy for no other reason than because this energy comes from our sex organs. It comes from our sexual centers. Mm -hmm. Other than that, it's not inherently sexual in any way. Mm -hmm. So in the grand world that we live in, there are many, 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 many avenues for our sex energy, outlets, constructive outlets for our sex energy that have nothing to do with sexuality. Mm. But like the situation that I described, what happens to men and many young people is that their experience of their sex energy gets collapsed with their sexuality mm. through our cultural conditioning, through the programming we receive through something like porn. 
And now those two things become one and the same. So we take our sex energy, which is meant to have so many expressions in our life. It's meant to be channeled in so many different ways into our creativity, into our power center, into our heart, to expand our ability to give and receive love, even into our higher chakras for us to expand on our psychic abilities. Mm -hmm. But we don't give it that opportunity because we confine it. We confine it down to sexuality, to sexual acts. And then we wonder why so many men in the world are quote unquote sexually frustrated and have so much anger and aggression stored up in their body is because this energy that's not inherently sexual in any way mm-hmm. is not being allowed to move. It's not being allowed to be circulated in a constructive way. Mm-hmm. And so it gets built up in the body and that's what really throws people off and leads to a lot of aggression that we can look out in the world now and see that there is a lot of aggression, certainly men towards men, but I would even say that the aggression is towards anything that resembles the feminine Mm. because we inherently blame women for something that we did to ourselves. Wow. So I'll just pause there because I know that's a huge download, but I want to allow you to ask you this question. (laughs) No, that's so powerful. And it just kind of brings me to the conditioning because it, it really just shows just like, And first of all, I do want to say thank you so much for your vulnerability and being willing to just share this, not only with me, but just on a podcast for everyone to hear, because it's so, so needed, especially for women to understand kind of the men's perspective or just kind of what happens in men, because a lot of, I feel like a lot of men have it to where it's like, it's not safe for men to heal. You know, I feel like with women, there's, it's, it's kind of a thing. It's kind of a natural thing in in our world, I feel to have a safe space to process emotion or to process um, these things that happen to us. I have a lot of safe spaces, but I can't say the same for men. There's not a whole lot out there. So I appreciate you for not only being vulnerable and sharing your own experience, but also creating this sort of bubble for people to just hear about this because it's such a powerful topic. Thanks so much for saying that. Yeah, that's just, that's the idea is just to start somewhere and then have it evolve in a really heart-centered way Mm -hmm. to invite more people into this kind of conversation, this kind of space. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to this stuff, like, you know, with, you know, artists being revered for, for their work in, in the world and particularly Nakos in medicine music. And I remember just being backstage on my birthday with him, the whole band, his crew, we were having such a good time. And I just remember kind of witnessing the reactions between him and his fans and people. And it was just crazy because I don't even know what I would do with that type of power, that type of like reverence from people who are just like viewing this man as God, essentially. They're like, oh my God, not that like, he's being pulled in all these different directions. He's intentionally trying to connect with this fan because he wants his music to be successful and to get out there. And I'm just think I'm just watching these scenarios happen. Now, granted, I don't know what exactly occurred with these women that are now sharing their stories, and I believe they deserve justice. And I don't think any sort of sexual misconduct is justifiable in any way. Let me just say that up front. 
but I was just watching this play out in a way that I was observing not only the problem with revering someone as higher than or more, or more than or greater than or whatever, but also just how much the programming of our society plays into these interactions. For example, women, I feel, are taught to feel less than or not enough. That's a common theme. I talk to my clients about it. It's, it's a lot of undoing in that area of not feeling worthy enough, not feeling good enough. And I know men have that same thing, but it's almost like encouraged for men to, like you said, kind of um, take their aggression out on anything that's feminine. And so I would love to kind of dive into how we can do better as a society in this. And I know mm. that obviously starts with our own healing. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, I'll just be honest with you. There is responsibility to be had on every side. Yeah. And I agree. what we can do to truly start healing our dynamics with each other, especially between men and women as it relates to sex, mm -hmm. is to be responsible for our own wounds. Mm. So not only do we have our conditioning that mm -hmm. we receive as soon as our sex hormones come online, but most of us in some way hire sex in our sexuality to keep us from those wounds, to mm. prevent us from feeling those wounds. So as a man, I can honestly say that I became promiscuous because mm -hmm. I didn't want to feel how unsatisfied I was with how my own life was going. Mm. I didn't want to feel the wounding that I still had inside of me. So I hired sex as a distraction, as a, as a means to direct my energy outward as to not have to direct it inward and feel what was going on inside. So I did that in many different ways, but primarily around one particular wound, which is, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what my purpose is. So that is a very sinking place. Like I could easily sink into a depression if I stay there for too long. And, you know, wounds are not bad things. They're actually, they, they get a bad rep especially like in the new age world, but they're actually really beautiful things. They're sacred wounds when we allow ourselves to go into them cleanly and really feel them and really receive the gifts that are inside. But of course, I wasn't in a place to do this at this point in my life. So instead of sinking into that pain, which really it is pain, it's emotional pain, I sexualized or eroticized the wound in order to not feel it. So it, I say sex, but it, it goes beyond sex. It's not even the actual act of sex that I was trying to have in order to avoid feeling this. Even something like the thrill of the chase, looking around, seeing all the women in the world, and oh, maybe that could be the one. Ooh, maybe I'm gonna hook up with her, or ooh, maybe there's chemistry here. All of that, because of our conditioning, keeps us in a perpetual state of infatuation. It's, it's, it's the way in which we drug ourselves, you know? So that's my example for my life, but everybody has their own wounds. And so I can't necessarily speak to what women's wounds 
are because I don't know. I'm not a woman and each woman is unique. I can say that what's shown up in our union and with Mackenzie and I is her wound was I don't feel wanted or it actually came forward as a question. Am I wanted? And so you could see how sex could be used as a way to prove that she's wanted. And I'm not saying that she did that, but it's just an example of something. So every party has to take full responsibility for their own conditioning, for their own wounds. And that's got to be step one. Now, we obviously have this guru complex that we play with celebrities. And I just want to say there's a huge difference between somebody that can channel really high frequencies, that can channel medicine, and somebody who is receiving that medicine, offering it to the world, but also directing it inward on themselves. So in the spiritual world, we call this embodiment. And what we're seeing on a large scale is disembodiment. People that are saying one things, but they're not actually living that in their own life. It's just a download. It's just a channel. And it's an amazing download and channel. And people can get their lives from it. But then people interact with the source of that or what they think is the source of that. The divine is really the source, but the human source of that. And They've already created this relationship, this pre-existing relationship with that person that's based on the medicine they've received from them. Yeah, wow. So they're expecting that person to be the medicine that they've internalized and received. And of course, we find out that in many cases, they're not. Mm. So that is a way that we give our power away because we, I don't know, we just think that people are there's like a hierarchy in the world that people come in and they're greater, better, more gifted. We think that people are a genius rather than having a genius. It's not that people are genius. We're working with spiritual forces. We're partnered with spiritual mm -hmm. forces. Nako is partnered with a spiritual force that he's working with to create medicine, to create music. We then take it, receive it, download it, get our lives from it. Yeah. But he himself is not the genius. Right. Yeah. And so you have to separate those two things on a cultural level. Because this worshiping is not good for anyone. And it's, it's like if you were to worship a false god or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know? Why worship the source, what we think is the source of medicine, when really source is the source of medicine, the divine is the source of Rather than just worshiping the divine itself, rather than creating that, our own connection. Mm -hmm. with the divine itself why have a middleman it's it's something we've done on this planet for as long as humans have been in existence we even if you look at the catholic faith even if you look at religion there's mm -hmm. always someone that we go to in order to reach god in order to talk to god why not just turn and have that direct connection with god ourselves mm, yeah and or I gaia or whatever you want to call it yeah i almost feel like that's been taught to us too is to seek outside of ourselves and it's so crazy when you were saying this, it's almost like I started to see how people see it in others, mainly because they, all, they can't see it within themselves. 
And I think that's the part where we got to look at is like, why don't we view ourselves in that light, you know, that we view celebrities or anyone else that we revere as other, someone of something, anything other than human, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's so powerful and profound. What you just said is just like, it, they aren't the source, source is the source. They're just channeling. And I think that's so important. I always tell people when they compliment me in a way that's like, Candy, you've changed my life. And, and, or, you know, they're, they're talking about me in a way that's like, hi, I'm like, thanks so much. I appreciate that. And just know you recognize it in me because it's in you too. And totally, you know, I think that we're not really taught to really see that for ourselves, see our ability to channel source just as much. And then also the embodiment thing, which I think is huge. And I think if you're listening to this and you're a light worker, you're a leader, you're someone who shares, you know, um, direct downloads from source, it's a great time to just check in and just see, are you embodying what you're teaching? Because I know for sure when I'm, not there's I'm out of integrity and I see that show up in my life if I'm not in full like I'm not taking the medicine myself I'm not delivering that medicine to someone else because that's Mm -hmm. so you know it's just like dangerous in a way before we know better before we learn we're all running around hoping someone else is going to take away our pain Mm. someone else is going to cause our healing so we look to people that are gifted and there are many many gifted people on this planet Mm -hmm. but i promise you that pain that wounding and the shadows that tie into it will never go away until we pause and go inward and that's why heart you know when i talk about sex energy and channeling sex energy it's like Yeah, you can channel your sex energy into your creative center and become very creative and create beautiful works of art. And until that sex energy hits your heart, there can be an absence of heart in what we create. We've seen a lot of creations in the world that aren't doing good for humanity, that aren't doing good for the earth. Their creativity, their innovation as expressed from our sex energy, but they're not yet connected to our heart. And so doing the heart work, going deep into the heart, which is our emotional center. And that's why we avoid it so much because there's so much energy there and there can be so much pain, but going deep into the heart work. That's why I love the medicine so much. Even even something as gradual and loving as cacao, it's heart medicine. It gets you there and to feeling what's there so that our come from in life is clean. We're coming from our authentic self rather than coming from our wounds, coming from our pain, coming from our shadows. Yeah, I mean, I could probably sit here and talk to you all day about this, but I want to dive into this book because ultimately it's going to be a tool to help humanity heal around this area, not just men, although it is created from a man for men but at the same time i'm sure so many women are going to read this you know i know i'm definitely (laughs) going to dive in yeah (laughs) i'm totally going to dive into this so i want to talk about this book because i know it's it's going to be a tool for this it's going to be a gateway for people to dive into this healing and and there's so many different methods of healing i feel like as a collective we've dove into 
but I think this is a part of it, a huge part of it that we can't ignore. I think we've all, we all get to look at this together. And I really want to, you know, talk about this book and like, let everybody know just a little bit of what they're going to experience when reading this. Sure. Well, thank you for bringing it up. Yes, I wrote a book. It's called Everything You Never Learned About Sex. Take back your masculine power and use your sex energy for good. And that's really what it's about. It's about reclaiming something that was lost, <clears throat> reclaiming something that was taken from us and learning to work with it in an empowering way. And just to acknowledge what you said, I'm, I am counting on women to evangelize this work because I know at this place in time, it's not necessarily something that men would reach for without feeling some sense of discomfort. And I don't want to generalize, but I can feel that that's true on a collective level. We don't necessarily even want to admit that there's an issue, a problem, something to look at here, something to heal here. So I'm counting on women to read it and be handing it out to every man that they know in their life to make sure this information and this body of work gets to who it's meant to get to. And I have no doubt that I'll even be profoundly healing for the women that read it because I, I start off by talking about my own conditioning, my own journey, my own experience around sex and, and how I got off to a really, really bad start. Uh, and you'll read it in the book. I don't have to go into it now because it's a long story. It's chapter one. It's the longest chapter that I have because I had to fit so much into it. But it was my fall from grace and how I gave my innocence to a power outside of myself and adopted shame as my way of uh, basically abusing myself, making myself feel wrong, making myself feel bad, and the dance between those two things. But then, you know, after that, and after people get present to my story, which they're probably going to be like, whoa, oh my gosh, like, that's really intense, but honestly, see a lot of themselves inside of it. I just explain and talk about these things. I talk about sex energy. I talk about the nature of sexual desire and what that really means. And on the highest level, how sexual desire is really no different than any other desire. And it, our desire for another person is really our desire to merge with our soul self, to merge with our higher self. Something, again, we externalize onto other people when if we can pull that desire back and focus it inward, we can actually have a really beautiful experience of wholeness within ourselves to focus that energy on, yeah, merging with our, the beloved of ourselves, which is what we're really out for. Uh, I talk about some of my wounding. I talk about how my father was, you know, I talk about the father wound, period, which is the bestowal or bestowing of masculinity from father to son and how important that is for young men, for them to know that they're a man, to feel that they're a man, uh, that when they go through puberty and, and get ready to step away from the family in a way that they don't have any question as to whether or not they have what it takes to be a man in the world. And in the olden days and even in tribal uh, traditions, there used to be ceremonies that symbolized this transition that initiated men uh, with the community presence so the 
community could witness it. So then in that community, everybody knew that that man was, or that boy was now a man. So he knew that for himself as well. Now we've lost that tradition, but life continually offers it to us. We don't need to actually go away and live in the jungle for a year in order to have our masculine initiation. If we're really present to our life experience and we're diving into it with an open heart and learning from it, life itself will initiate us because again, initiation ceremonies are only just symbolic of something that nature that life inside of us is actually doing Mm. but the father wound not hearing because my father was a traditional masculine man very stoic uh, very quiet kept to himself uh, didn't really express himself emotionally because i didn't hear from my father what i wanted to hear that you have what it takes you can do this I turned to the feminine to prove that to me. Mm. And in, in doing that, I, I sexualized again my father wound. And so mm. I went out into the world looking for validation of my masculinity from women, primarily through my sexual interactions with them. And mm. so that was a double-edged sword because, you know, if I pleasured a woman and left her like, oh my gosh, that was the most amazing experience I've ever had, then I could like pat myself on the shoulder and add another notch to my belt and walk around feeling proud of myself and thinking that I'm a man. But if I didn't do that and if I failed in any way or fell short, I would go into my wound (laughs) that I already told you earlier. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what my purpose is. Uh, And so that is one of another, an unhealthy dynamic that plays between men and women, these wounds that we have that get externalized and placed onto women. And then of course, that thwarted like every single romantic relationship that I ever had and even relationships with women outside of romance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I talk about that. And then, yeah, just I give people through my own life experience a step-by-step journey that they can go on to reclaim their innocence, reconnect with their inner child, which mm-hmm. again, before the inner child is present for our first sexual experience, whether we want to admit that or not, whether that's even comfortable for us to say, to talk about a child being present for a sexual experience, but he's there regardless. He's a part of our life, even our sexual life. Mm -hmm. And so to reclaim that innocence that was taken through things like pornography and the way our culture is designed to disempower men and women in the realm of sex, Mm -hmm. And then to go on this journey of reopening our hearts by acknowledging all the places that we've been heartbroken. Mm -hmm. Because in our heartbreak, we close our heart and therefore our sexuality doesn't actually flow through our heart center anymore. Mm -hmm. It stays down in our lower centers. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously incredibly destructive as we know. And then towards the end, I know this is like a really lengthy description of the book. I should just be here reading it like page by page, right? (laughs) No, it's perfect Uh, because I want people to get this and be like, okay, I'm getting that book. Yeah, well, but I appreciate that. And by the end, I, I just talk about how this plays out in the real world, like how you can actually do this healing work in the realm of sexuality in your relationships, because you can do it with yourself and that's very empowering. But it's when we bring in another party, which, you know, hopefully that's your beloved, that's your sacred other, um, that is your person that you're doing this work with. How we can create 
sacred and safe containers amongst ourselves as a couple Mm -hmm. and really dive deep into this work and uncover this stuff with each other because a lot of it's polarized right now. You know, women have their women's circles, men have their men's circles. Um, the, the men go away to heal, you know, they go and do primal screaming and they make fires in the woods and these things, right? All these things, but it, none of that makes any difference if we can't bring it home to where it actually matters and where it actually matters is in the sacred Mm -hmm. couple, because that's where this healing work is being done. That's where love making is actually happening because as we cleanse and purify ourselves through our union, we're able to generate and create more love for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that is like an energy that travels with us everywhere we go. So obviously, whoever we impact and interact with, after that is receiving that. They're receiving those quote unquote codes. They're receiving that energy. So I really bring it home to relationship because again, that's where inevitably in one way or another, all of this stuff is going to come up because if you're a single guy and you've been single for 10 years, you might be like, yeah, I'm good. But you've just, you haven't had a mirror yeah. to bring things up for you, you know? So mm-hmm. it's through our mirrors that we actually do, do this deep internal work. Yeah, I love it. And I remember just hearing you share some of what you are going to be sharing in the book on a podcast one day. And I was just listening to this. I'm thinking to myself, wow, like I not only was reflecting on my own experience with sex energy, but also I did so much forgiveness work around the men that I've had in my life because I didn't realize what their programming was or their experience was. And I, I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, like this really had nothing to do with me or had little to do with me. And I had such a beautiful experience just kind of forgiving these men that I've had in my life who, you know, who were also wounded and who never Mm -hmm. really got to um, experience this level of healing that you're providing with this book. So I think it's incredibly powerful and I'm so grateful that somebody is doing it, you know, (laughs) and it's, it's kind of no wonder to me why it's you, Michael, because you do this so gracefully and it's just so beautiful to see an opportunity for men to heal in this way, uh, men and women both, because I think I had a profound healing experience after, um, after listening to that podcast with you, because I was just so blown away, you know, at the things that I didn't know that men had gone through, especially, you know, primarily the men that I've had in my life, like, wow, this isn't just my soul brother Michael's experience. This is a lot of men. And so I just had this like sort of real profound grace and like forgiveness because I know that, you know, like, like you said, this just, this initial experience is innocent for us. And then I think Mm -hmm. it gets tainted by the things that are taught and fed to us by society for multiple reasons. So I think this is going to be such a great opportunity for people to really dive into this part of the healing thank you so much yeah and it's really a, it's a starting place i know yeah. for some it'll be like oh my god whoa i don't know <laughs> any of this stuff this is all new information and then for yeah. other people to be like yeah i already knew that so it's it's a starting point for us to really just initiate this journey collectively you know as a group 
Yeah, totally. So when is this book going to be able to be in the listener's hands? <laughs> it is available for purchase. Uh, it's the actual publication date is October 30th, 2020. Now, my understanding is that the, you'll be able to pre-order it if you choose on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, and it'll be available on Amazon all around the world uh, about a month prior to that time. So you can pre-order it. And then as soon as it gets, uh, as soon as it passes that publication date, they'll just ship it out to you automatically. So October 30th is the big day. And Ooh. yeah, just, I'm excited for people to receive it. I have to like whoo, detach from it, you know, because it's the funny thing about writing books is that it takes so long to bring a book to life. I wrote that book two years ago. And sometimes when I read it, I'm like, I don't even know who that person is right? Yeah. So much has changed and evolved even since then. But yeah, I really hope that people receive what they're meant to receive from it. Yeah, 1000%. And if they want to know more about where they can get more of Michael, where would they go for that? Great question. Thank you. Best place to find me is on my website, www.michaelmcpherson.co. You can find all the links to our various social media sites and um, other offerings that we have on that website. So it's a great starting place. And then just explore. You'll find everything you need there. Awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being willing to come on this podcast, especially during launch week. I'm so excited for this episode to be one of the launch episodes and for inspiring this because I don't know. I, I didn't get the chance to say this on the podcast episode, but when all of this stuff surfaced with NACO, I had so many people reach out to me um, asking me for my feedback, asking me for what, what I thought about it because so many people just know I had this connection to this artist. And I was just like, I need to do something with Michael ASAP. And, and I thought, I was like, well, I don't really have a platform for that. I mean, I have, you know, we could do Facebook, you know, we could do this, but the reality is I was like, no, I need to bring this to life. I need to have this on a podcast. I need people to be listening to this, like really at the, like coming here to, with the intention of really tuning in and really hearing um, what we have to say about this, which I know every one of you listening are, you know, here for that intention. And so thank you so much for just ins inspiring this podcast, number one, and just being who you are in this world. Like mm. you are such an earth angel is how I view you and just doing your work and, and just being the example for others. You're so amazing for saying that. And thank you for allowing yourself to be inspired by me. Obviously, I didn't know that that was happening in the background, but it's, mm. it's really cool to get present to the difference we make even when we're not trying or we're unaware. So mm. thank you for bringing this podcast to life. I have no doubt so many people are going to receive so much from it. And uh, yeah, just one last thing, if I may, about the NACO thing. Yeah. The irony is I reached out to him and his team to actually endorse this book, mm. which that was my, you know, I have, received so much from the medicine he's created personally mm -hmm. and then that was my connection to this whole scenario and how it unfolded and I just want to be clear I mean I'm, I'm grateful now that that didn't actually happen mm -hmm. personally 
But also, I just want to be really clear. You know, I intend to hold my brothers responsible just as much as the next person. I don't, nobody gets a free pass mm -hmm. in this arena. And we're all meant to step forward. And, you know, I even offered to support and coach and mentor him in this realm. And I haven't heard anything back. But yeah, I just really wanted to emphasize it. Like, just because people are celebrities doesn't mean they get a free pass. Yeah. You know, they're responsible, they're responsible for their own wounds and their own body embodiment, just as much as the rest of us are, maybe even more so given the influence and impact they have. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. One thousand, like, and if not, things like this will surface. Like, that's the thing mm -hmm. is like, you won't get far. Like, look at R. Kelly, who is revered by thousands and thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people. It's just, it's just crazy how it never gets far. You, you, you yeah. won't get far without doing your own healing, without taking responsibility for yourself. So thank you for saying that because I feel the same. I just, you know, I see him as a brother too. And I'm just like, you've got to step up. Like you not only, yeah, there's a, a lot of responsibility that gets to be taken. And I, I know as um, fans of his work, we will hold him accountable. Like we've got to start holding people accountable. We cannot let this keep happening amongst our society. And then also just starting with our own healing work too. Got to take our power back. Yes. <laughs> Taking our power back. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being on here and everyone tuning in. Thanks so much for listening. This has been such a fun journey and I just can't wait to keep bringing you so many fire episodes and so many amazing people that are out here doing really cool work, just like Michael. So we will catch you all on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in with me on the Words of a Warrior podcast. I am so happy you stopped by and would love to know what you took away from this conversation. If you feel so moved, please feel free to share with a friend and leave us a review on iTunes so that we can keep getting this message into the hands of the people who need it the most. Let us know what you loved, topics you want to hear more of, and your favorite Words of a Warrior. Until next time, keep taking back your power, following your excitement, and unapologetically living the life you were born for.